0: You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and Adam.
1: Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 183 and 184 of Fed by Ravens. We are reading through the Bible, talking through the Bible. How's it going? It's going great. Awesome. We're glad you're listening, and uh, and that's all you got to do is listen. Uh, mm-hmm. just let the stories kind of flow over you because they are magnificently intertwined <laughs> old and new testament and in our own lives it's pretty yes. amazing so where are we today we i know we're going into a great section here yes where is it me in. oh you. yeah yeah
0: our old testament reading for today is second kings chapter 4 verse 38 through chapter 8 verse 15
1: right i mean this section there's only one for me there's only one way to go through it and that is kind of comparing really not even contract comparing contrast the ministry of elisha to the ministry of jesus yes because it is amazingly uh, lined up in these themes and so in chapter four and um what verse 38 he's mm-hmm. already he's already done uh, he's already Established himself establish as established himself with the the oil, the Shunammite woman giving her a son, giving his uh, restoring his life. He's already done resurrections, but now it's like his life is like the ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. First thing, he's hanging out with all the prophets, right? Yeah, he is with the school of prophets, there's over a hundred of them, mm-hmm. and two things happen. Um, they need to, they're gonna. Well, first of all, they need to eat. Is this because they're going out to build their house that they need to eat, or they're just this is just them needing to eat? This is a different story.
0: Uh, there is a famine in the land. So, that's right. Yeah, and then also if they kind of they kind of uh, look to other people to provide food for them because part of their work is telling people what the word of God says and if people don't value that, they don't get fed.
1: So, and it's interesting they're living in a time when there is famine. And mm-hmm. famine kind of gives the idea that we're living in a time where the word of God is not highly valued and right. the prophets are not taken care of. Right. So Elijah shows up. They go out to make a stew. The boys are out there gathering things, mm-hmm. chopping up. They start to eat and the thing you never want to hear when there's over 100 dudes is there's death in that pot.
0: Yeah. There's someone poisoned the stew.
1: Yeah, the stew is poisoned. But Elijah Shah is there and in a lovingly in a loving act of compassion, mm-hmm. he says he throws in some flour basically prays and the stew no longer kills right then right after that Mm -hmm. they're still hungry because there's famine someone brings some bread to the prophets
0: yeah and it's really kind of it's a offering of the first fruits which is cool but it's like 20 loaves and he kind of gives it just to Elisha like he kind of wants it just to be for Elisha this is for you man he's the head one He's the head prophet, and Elisha says, oh, go lay it out in front of the hundred other guys. Right. And the guy's like, uh, there's only 20 pieces of bread. I,
1: this will be devoured by the first
0: I, I How am I supposed five. to do that? Right. And Elisha says, no, 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 just do it. Do it, and they'll have leftovers.
1: They'll have leftovers. Does do that it, s- and you're cool. Does that sound familiar? So we have Elisha... Doing what Jesus does on a couple different occasions, mm-hmm. which is turning, uh, taking what someone brings and offers, a small a couple loaves and mm-hmm. fish, multiplying it to feed his disciples, to feed his, the people in his kingdom. Yes. And so you see Elisha really doing this explicitly. I mean, I almost think Jesus is walking in the way of Elisha saying, I am the great prophet here to save you. I am the word made flesh. And so I'm doing things just like Elisha because we're lined up in the spirit of God.
0: I mean, thematically, it makes sense if, because he was calling John Elijah. Right. So obviously, Elisha comes after Elijah, so he would walk in the way of Elisha. It's interesting. And
1: they never say Elisha, do they? They always say, Mm -hmm. oh, are you Elijah? Mm -hmm. And it's like Elisha came after him, Mm -hmm. even in double portion, Mm -hmm. and Jesus comes after Elisha. So that's just the first one, the feeding. Jesus feeds 10,000. He feeds 5,000 and there's leftovers. Elisha does the same thing. Then we have this really interesting scene. Again, it gives to me it gives you an idea of the kind of world we're living in mm-hmm. and they are living in. A servant girl. So, Syria, we are this takes place in Syria. Yes. The king has raided Israel. He has as part of the raid, you take children, you take women, you take whatever mm-hmm. you want and people and make them your servants. Mhm. He has a great commander named Naaman. He's yes. a man of valor. He's like a good dude. He mm-hmm. might even kind of be open to the Lord or something. There's something good about him.
0: Yes. Well, yeah, it just says the, there's a recognition that the Lord is watching over all the nations. And so the Lord has just
1: given Naaman victory. There you go. Well, he gets leprosy. And no one knows what to do. And it's this little slave girl from Israel says, you know, we have a prophet. In Samaria. And he speaks, when he speaks, God listens. Yeah. Oh, so what I thought was funny about this is the rest of the story does not deal with the girl who's in slavery. No. It's just, she just proclaimed the word of God faithfully that there's there's a prophet. She, like, said, here's Jesus. And that's the rest of her story. There is no, like, and Naaman returned this girl to her family, which shows you the climate we're in. Yes. But um, here's how this story lines up with Jesus. Naaman cries out to Elijah. Elijah says, come to me.
0: Yeah. So he goes, it's, what I think is really cool is, so you have some, ma- or I'm the just king freaks out just, first. Like, yeah. yeah, Syria again is, they've been always like kind of tense with Israel, especially after, uh, Ahab. Right. Or Omri. And, uh, they now have like a loose peace treaty, but they are, they have little skirmishes, but they don't have all out war. Right. And so the king of Syria sends Naaman with a letter and all these gifts to the king of Israel saying, "Please heal my commander." And the king of Israel freaks out. He's like, "I, I can't do that. Oh, he's trying to pick a fight with me. Yeah, he's trying to go he's trying to go all out war with me." And so Elisha hears about it and he's like, "Dude, just send him to me." Yeah. "What are you doing?" And so he shows up, Elisha refuses, like he doesn't enter, he doesn't invite the guy into his house because he's a Gentile, and Elisha is following the uh, Levitical law, Right. and so he's not going to allow this Gentile into his home to make it unclean, but he sends his servant out, and his servant goes out and says, all right, cool, can you uh, wash in the Jordan River seven times, and your
1: skin will be clean, you can go home. Naaman does not like this. He's like, dude, we have better rivers in Syria. Mm-hmm. This one's gross. I don't want to go in the Jordan. We mm-hmm. came all this way, and this guy just says, go dip in the uh, the Jordan. Well, it turns out that this servant of Elijah is, well, we'll tell you what happens, then I'll, then I'll apply what I was going to say here. Naaman's servant says, we've come all this way. Why not try it? Yes. So he does it, and sure enough, he's, He's cured of his leprosy. He then says, I want to take some earth home and worship. Like, can I take two mules of earth? Because again, people are associating the physical place with the God. There's a God over this earth, this place. Mm -hmm. And then he said, it's so interesting. He's like, I uh, I will worship this God. He confesses Mm -hmm. God and then says, will you forgive me? I know I'm going to have to bow down to Rimnon, this false Mm -hmm. God, but I will ask for pardon. I'm only doing that because I'm a good faithful commander to my Mm -hmm. king and elijah says yeah go elisha says yeah go in peace
0: yeah uh and then he also offered elisha a ton of stuff oh
1: yeah well before i get there i just want to say this lines up to i believe the the baptism that jesus says or jesus invites us to be baptized in his name like Mm -hmm. it's just the jordan it's just water but with the word of Jesus, it becomes a life-changing, life-healing, yes. nice. cleansing, yeah. powerful work of God. And to most of us, we go, "What's the so what? It's just baptism. I was hoping that Jesus would come to me, not send some dopey pastor <laughs> to tell me these yeah. things, and then do something way more powerful. But I guess I'll do baptism. And then you find out, if you can engage it by faith, it is a saving work. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. But then afterwards, his... Um, so Gehazi... Is his servant? This is where Gehazi, his servant, is still with. Nothing is in chronological order. These stories kind of jump all over the place, right? Yeah.
0: So I think Gehazi's with him for a he, while. He's with him. Uh, I think he's just with him. But um, so,
1: but this is where he, where Gehazi
0: gets. Yes, in yes, yes. Yeah. So Naaman had offered Elisha a lot of money and food and all this stuff. He brought a lot of gifts with him from Syria. And Elisha turns it all down and says, no, I don't want any of it.
1: The gospel is not for sale. Yeah. I gave you the word of God. You're clean and healed. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You can move on. And so Naaman's like, all right. And he moves on. And then Gehazi's like, what? We have a bunch of prophets and a bunch of things. Like, I could be a, a hero lot. back in prophet camp. There's a lot of things that we can do with that. And so he... I could change
1: it to prophet. P-R-O-F-I-T <laughs> camp.
0: Oh. So he Gehazi, chases... the
1: prophet's prophet.
0: Oh, man. He chases uh, Naaman down and says, "Uh, two two prophets just came to us, and they need need some silver, and they need some clothing. He's like, I'm just asking for two talents of silver and a couple changes of clothes, which comparatively to what Naaman brought is a very small percentage of what Naaman brought. But two talents of silver... That's two years worth of money. Gehazi's
1: getting a little greedy.
0: And uh, change of clothes, most people only had one set. Right. And so, again, a change of clothes is nice. Uh, and Naaman's like, What? Yeah, sure. Have, whatever you need, take it. And so then Gehazi's like,
1: Sweet. So he goes back and, and. He buries it, right? And Elisha is like, Hey, where have you been? And he immediately lies to Elisha. Like, why do people think they can lie to the prophet? <sighs> Yeah. yeah, nowhere I've been here. He's like, oh, Gehazi. 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 Basically, basically, it's like, Gehazi, please. You're, you've are you just picked up his uh, leprosy. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. It, Get out of here.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> just like, I saw what you did in spirit. Yep. Uh, and now the Naaman's leprosy that he was cleansed of will now cling to you. And your descendants. Because
1: we're doing the work of the Lord, and it cannot be... That kind of reminds me of Ananias and Sapphira, you know, like lying Mm -hmm. to the spirit, Mm -hmm. thinking you can get away with it. Yeah. Well, then, um, again, this is all, I think, the work of Elisha is the work of Jesus. Then we get some really cool little miracles of Mm -hmm. compassion. Like, Elisha is involved in the labor and the work of his prophets and his people, and does Little miracles. Yeah. Like the axe head miracle. I know. So they're building their own houses. They're mm-hmm. like, let's go out and build. And a guy's axe head flies that into... he borrowed. That he borrowed from a friend, flies into the river. And he's like, oh, no, I borrowed this, and this is a big deal. Like, yeah. oh, no, this is livelihood for my neighbor. Mm-hmm. This is all sorts of things. Elijah, will you help me? Elijah says, sure, I'll help you. Yeah. He throws a stick in, presumably... The stick is floating, and it yeah. kind of is a symbolic thing of, hey, axe head, float yes. like this stick. Yes. Praise, the axe head floats to the surface. Yes. And they get back to work. Yeah.
0: You know, I mean. Just, he- uh, hey, no problem. All right, let's do that.
1: And it does remind me of Jesus and like, hey, Peter, go catch a fish and find a coin in its mouth. Yes. Oh, you like, need to pay that tax? Yeah. Why are you freaking out? Uh, to Just go. Go, you'll find it. Yeah, pay that tax. Do what tax. you're best at. Like, Jesus cares about these little things, mm-hmm. um, and you see Elisha doing that, too. Pretty cool. Yes. And then it gets to a bigger scene. Again, we're getting back into the Syrian conversation. Mm-hmm. So the
0: Syrians are now just going all at war. Again, all of this stuff is not in chronological yeah. order, and so we're not quite sure when all of these things are taking place, but at this point, uh, Syria is now at war with Israel. But every time... The king of Syria makes like secret plans and like, okay, let's attack here. The king of Israel is always one step ahead. Yeah. And he is getting frustrated. He says,
1: "He says, who of you is a traitor? Someone's. You keep trading and telling all of what we're doing." He goes on a mole hunt, and then he's like, "Is someone in my bedroom or something like that?" He's like,
0: Uh, "Oh, yeah." He's just asking like, like, okay, who who is it? Who is it? (laughs) And they're all like honestly it's not any of us and it's, they
1: know though they go it's Elisha it's that this guy.
0: this guy Elisha down there he can tell the king of Israel the words that are happening
1: in your bedroom yeah so he says ironically let's kill him it's where it. is he oh he's in Dothan well yes. let's go kill Elisha even if he knows so what he we're going after him So then, it fast forwards to they send down a bunch of troops, a bunch of chariots, a bunch Mm -hmm. of warriors to go, and they surround Elisha. And uh, Elisha doesn't seem to really care too much. It's his, (laughs) it's his new. It's not Gehazi. It's a new um,
0: person. Uh, It could be Gehazi.
1: Someone's with him. Yeah, and says, "What do we do?"
0: Yeah, he walks out. Like probably, I imagine this scene. The servant wakes up right before Elisha. He's got to go get like water and. (sighs) The, get the eggs from the chickens, whatever. He's doing, like, normal stuff. Walks out the door, do looks up, and they're surrounded by yeah. a battalion of Syrians. He's like, oh, no.
1: <laughs> then it's like this amazing, this amazing story unfolds about opening eyes, closing eyes, opening eyes, opening eyes. And uh, he says, do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Huh? Yeah. It's just you and me against all these soldiers. But what Elisha knows is what Jesus knows when he says... He's being arrested, and he's like, I could call down 12 legions of angels mm-hmm. right now. Like, I see the reality. Mm-hmm. And so Elisha prays that uh, his servant might, oh, Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. And then the young man sees the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire Yes, all around it. Like, the angelic hosts, and there's more of us than them. Okay, so his eyes are open now. And I love this story, because this is what I pray. Lord, open up our eyes, that mm-hmm. we might see the reality and not freak out about the... Um, The temporary Mm -hmm. stuff that surrounds us. But uh, he then says to... He doesn't even fight these guys. He literally... It's so cool. When Elijah... I think of Elijah when he was Mm -hmm. on Mount Carmel. He goes, Lord, can you like rain down fire now and show them? Does it? Elisha simply says, please, Lord, make them go blind. (laughs) Like you've opened our eyes. Now totally close their eyes. Yes. And boom, they all go blind. Yes. And, and And... yeah, and then the Jedi mind trick. I believe Star Wars stole this from the Bible. <laughs> what verse is it, Matt? Uh, it's verse nineteen. Verse nineteen. Elijah said to them, "That is all the war. The soldiers. This is not the way, and this is not the city." And, like, waves his hand in front of him. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. So they are there to seek him. Mm -hmm. And he does the old Jedi. These are not the droids you're looking for. Yes. This is not the city. And they're totally blind and like, um, okay. Okay. But we see Elisha defeating the enemy by faith with the word of God.
0: Mm -hmm. Simply
1: saying, please let them go blind. Then he leads them right into the capital city of Israel. Yes. To Samaria. Yes. The king... Of Israel,
0: so yeah, they this blind battalion just bumbles into the enemy capital, and now they're surrounded by enemy soldiers. And it's
1: probably confusing the king of Israel. Like, how is Elisha, uh, How is he doing more than our soldiers can do? Yes. I don't. This is crazy, um, and so he says to Elijah, "Hey, do you want me to just massacre these guys?" Uh huh. And Elisha says, no. Again, this is a Jesus move. Mm -hmm. Jesus is opening and closing eyes, and he's not there to uh, lay waste to everybody. He's there to give pardon. You defeat your enemies thoroughly when you can pardon them. Mm -hmm. So he feeds them. He says, we're going to throw them a feast and then let them go back home.
0: He does restore their sight.
1: Yeah, he restores their sight. They're freaked out, and he Mm goes, now let's eat. So he opens their eyes. So there's open eyes, closed eyes, open eyes.
0: And then, yeah, so then they're able to see, and then he sends them away, and the Syrians stop raiding all together. They're like, you know what? Cool. We're done. (laughs) I'm just
1: seeing ministry of Jesus and baptism, and now I'm seeing Lord's Supper. Like, Mm -hmm. he opens our eyes, we see that we should be slaughtered by God, even. We're in Mm -hmm. trouble, but he pardons us, gives us a meal to assure us, and now there's no more enmity between us, at least for a little time. Yeah, because the next section, immediately, Yeah, and and again, again, we have no idea... I think the writer of Kings is showing us not chronological history, Mm -hmm. but showing us like we've you get the picture. We know chronologically it's just bad king after bad king Mm -hmm. after bad king. So he's highlighting the hope for the people of God. So here are the stories of our prophet and what he did over a span of 20, Mm -hmm. 30 years. So we're getting the highlights, which are pretty high and amazing. Mm -hmm. All right, so the next story... So is, Syria
0: is back again. You do this one, yeah. is back again. They get all the way to Samaria and siege it. Now, Samaria is a stronghold, and it's very hard to take, but the thing that you can do is cut them off from all outside sources of food yeah. and water. And so you starve. Basically, the tactic is starve the city to death. Right. And it works. And it works. <sighs> and so they finally get to this point where it's so bad that, the, that this woman is crying at the wall of the uh, throne room, and she's crying out to the king, and the king's like, uh, what can I do for you? And she's <laughs> like, it's just awful. We made, my friend and I, we were hungry, and my friend said, look, we'll just, let's boil your baby today, and we'll eat it. And then mm-hmm. tomorrow, we'll eat my child.
1: Right. And so
0: we did it, we ate my baby, And then the next day, she hid hers. Yeah, this Can you come down
1: and make her show me where her baby is so we can eat it? Right. And this is a theme, a reality, in all kind of histories, Mm -hmm. the lowest point of humanity. Yes. This is the lowest point of humanity of hunger and fear and oppression when you're forced into cannibalism of your own children and so you'll read about this in Josephus this happens in a lot of sieges that's the whole point well
0: and then if we can remember back to Deuteronomy this was listed among the curses yeah you don't follow the ways of God this was something that would happen
1: so the king sees I have led these people to the lowest point not to where a lady you know we were in the glory days it was my baby accidentally died and someone took it Mm -hmm. and Solomon's giving wisdom we're in the lowest days where people are, are not even worried about eating a baby. They're just mad that they're not eating the, their friend's baby. Yes. It, that's how bad things are. So um, the king recognizes this and tears his, um, tears his robe, you know, and, mm-hmm. and starts mourning, like, what have I done? And then Elisha. No, his
0: response is, uh, may God do so to me and more also if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Oh, yeah remains on his shoulders today. So he immediately blames, like, Elisha could have gotten us out of this. Yeah,
1: which is what people do. He could have just
0: gotten us out of this. It's all his fault. and it's Again, it's not our fault for the blatant sin that we've been doing and committing for most of our lives. It's the man of God who we've seen do amazing things for our salvation. It's
1: his fault. See, it's the mercy and judgment seats Mm -hmm. are mixed up. We should be saying in those situations, the king should be saying, God have mercy, I've sinned, mm-hmm. asking for God's mercy. Instead, we sit in judgment and we say, God, uh, where are you? Yeah. You could have stopped this. Yes. And um, there is no mercy, only judgment. Okay, so-, so
0: he sends an assassin to Elisha, but the Lord warns Elisha. And so Elisha uh, bars his door before the, guy, the assassin can get there. And then he tells the assassin through the door, hey, uh, there's going to be so much food tomorrow, by this time tomorrow, uh, we won't know what to do with it. Yeah. And And like the price
1: of simple things was exorbitant and it's going to be all flipped. Flipped. He gives prices, shekels.
0: Yeah, the economy will be flipped. And so the, the assassin's like, even if God opened the storehouses of heaven and rained... Food down on us how could that be possible so then for that comment Elisha's like yeah you won't see it
1: you're, you're gonna see it but you're not gonna eat a thing yeah yeah you'll see it at the doors mm-hmm. and you won't eat it so then you you pan over to these four lepers yes. who are sitting outside the city dying they're like we are so desperate why don't we just go over to the um the enemies? they're sieging us hmm You know what? They might give us something or they'll kill us, but we're dying anyway. So they go over there and find it a ghost town. Yes. And then the story tells, the narrator tells us, the Lord allowed the enemy to hear the sounds of warriors into mm-hmm. here. And they thought it was the Hittites and the Edomites and the
0: yeah, they thought, uh, Egyptians. They thought the uh, Israelites had hired out
1: mercenaries. Right, which they should have probably. They probably and they're like, oh no, we're gonna get threshed. So they left in such a huge hurry, they left everything. And they'd been there, so mm-hmm. you have to think. They'd been there for so long mm-hmm. that they had gotten, it's like home. So these four lepers load up, they make like three or four trips mm-hmm. before they go, should we tell somebody? <laughs> <laughs> and they finally are like, we should tell somebody because we don't want to be in trouble yeah. and we don't want our people to die. Yeah. So they tell, the king doesn't believe it, of course. So here's how I want you to see this, though. Lepers, outcasts, are have been privileged with telling good news. Mm-hmm. They tell the good news, we are no longer, uh, our enemy has been plundered. Let's go get it. Yes. But no one believes them. They think mm-hmm. it's a trick until finally the king figures out a way to go check it out and everybody is saved they're every there's just an abundance of food of mm-hmm. clothing of everything and as they're coming back that assassin is guarding the gate yeah. he sees it and gets trampled
0: by the people cuz they're died. all so excited about getting more and bringing it back to their families and that he gets trampled underfoot
1: so in this story i see the th- the thing i see is how jesus tells mm-hmm. his disciples to go share the good news. Mm-hmm. Tells us, go tell the good news. But we're, who's going to believe us? Doesn't matter. Jesus Christ has plundered the enemy. There's victory, even though it may feel like death. So that was another way I felt like, okay, so we got leper evangelists. Mm-hmm. But that's not all. Yeah, this get, is so packed today. I'm so yeah. sorry. We're going long. We
0: but get our last story for today. So I mean, there's
1: kind of two, but yeah, there's a twofer. But go go on. The Shunammite. Yeah she's involved again
0: yeah so so during the famine uh the lord uh through eli was it through elisha or
1: um yeah he tells her Leave. He tells
0: her he says hey go with your household go to uh, Philistine. uh wherever you can and go there because there's a famine coming to this land and we, god wants you to be provided provided for and so she listens and she goes and She's in the land of the Philistines for seven years, but being in the land of the Philistines for seven years means your land is definitely being taken by someone else. Yes.
1: So she, your house and the cool room you built for the prophet.
0: Yes. So she comes back and realizes, oh, my land's gone, so she wants to go to the king to appeal, like, hey, this is our family land. Please give it back to us. So on her way there... Uh, Elisha's servant, Gehazi, is with the king. Because he speaks her language. and Yes, which is perfect. Yeah. And Gehazi's there, and the king is asking Gehazi, Hey, why don't you tell me some cool things that Elisha's done? Tell me some stories. Amuse me. Right. And so Gehazi, one of the stories that Gehazi decides to tell is the story of the Shunammite woman's son, who Elisha raised from the dead. Right. And as he's finishing that story up, the Shunammite woman walks in, and Ghazi's like, "This is the lady. Yeah. I was just telling you about her. <laughs> and impeccable timing." And the king's like, "Oh, what? Awesome. What do you want? Anything you want, I'll give it to you." That's She's right. like, uh, "Someone
1: took my land, and I need it back. Have it. I will
0: make sure you get your land back, and everything will be restored to you."
1: And she gets it. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of how Jesus says, "I promise." to go and make a place for you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to restore everything to you. We walk into the king just in front of God in just the right time, with Jesus there representing us. Oh, Adam, you want your life back? You want your family back? You want life? Yes, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's pretty great. He restores everything. And then it ends with a story about... um, No, don't know. I thought we went to uh, 815, which ends... With the story of Haziel and oh, really? murders Ben-Hadad. My bad. So basically what happens here You're right. is um, Haziel is like a servant to Ben-Hadad. Yes. And he comes to inquire, like, is, is, is the king going to die? So this is a Syrian mm-hmm. situation. Is the king going to die? Mm-hmm. And um, And Elijah answers. He says, like, no, but yes. <laughs> he says, Shall I recover from the sickness? Elijah says, Go say to him, You shall certainly recover, but the Lord has shown me that he shall certainly die. Uh-huh. So basically, Elijah sees, he, he he weeps because he sees the heart of, of Hazael uh-huh. and he actually kind of sees what Hazael is going to do. Yeah. He's going to destroy Ben Hadad, he's going to plunder and be awful to the people of Israel. Uh-huh. And uh, so he tells him, He goes, Yeah, tell him he'll live. But I know what you're going to do, Haziel, mm-hmm. and I'm weeping for that. And um, and so when he went back, Ben-Hadad says, what did he tell you? And he goes, uh, that you'll certainly recover. But the next day, Haziel dipped this cloth in water, kind of making it bigger, and then uh, killed Ben-Hadad.
0: Yeah, he suffocated him.
1: And the thing about that for me was Elisha is giving law and gospel, right? Mm-hmm. He's He's... He knows what's in this guy's heart, and Jesus knows what's in man's heart. He doesn't trust him, you know, and it's sad, and that's sad. Like, even in ministry, there's times where you're ministering, and you just see people are set, their hearts are already turned, and so Elisha has to see this guy, this future uh, Syrian king, this killer.
0: Uh, The interesting thing, too, is that was the king that the Lord told Elijah to anoint. So he's... Haziel. What? Oh. Haziel I thought a, it was Jehu is over Israel, right? Jehu's over Israel. And that hasn't and, happened yet. And that hasn't happened yet, but it was supposed to be anoint Haziel as king over Syria, anoint Jehu as king over Israel, and anoint Elisha as your successor.
1: Wow. Well, these are amazing stories of Elisha. I mean, go back in your own times and read... Try to, try to correlate them to the life of Jesus and Elisha, and you start to realize why the people of God were looking for the great prophet to come, mm-hmm. the great prophet to save us and to relieve us of all of our sin and ailments and to life, and Jesus is that great prophet now. We could have probably spent five episodes on each story, but thanks sure. for going with us. Let's move on to our New Testament.
0: New Testament reading for today is Acts chapter twenty-one, verse twenty-seven, through chapter twenty-three, verse eleven.
1: Well, it's those, uh, it's those first and second missionary journeys of Paul, where he he goes into the Asian cities and into mm. Macedonia and up. And really, I was looking. If you look on a map, I don't even know. It's an old map now. Like is Bulgaria and Albania mm. and Yugoslavia still even places? Mm. But anyway. He's going up around the Aegean Sea and into those Asian areas before he gets over to Greece and Mm -hmm. Athens and on Corinth and all that. And it was those early places where the synagogues, the Jewish people of Asia, chased him. Remember, they chased him Mm -hmm. all the way to Berea. Berea was finally like a sweet spot. It's like those guys. Well, uh, on Paul's third missionary journey, he finally makes it back. We highlighted that last episode. Mm -hmm. He gets back to Jerusalem. He's all purified up and ready to go, saying, "I am a good Jew," mm-hmm. and here's what I want, I'm here to tell you: what Christ has been doing around the world. Well, those Asian Jews are already there for Pentecost, and they know him and they hate him. Yes,
0: yes. So, unfortunately, the plan of James to show Paul as no, he's
1: still a good Jew, yeah,
0: totally backfires. But I mean, the Lord did warn him in every city on the way back yeah. that. He was going to get arrested in Jerusalem.
1: And Agabus quite literally told him he'd be bound up by a belt, which he is by the end of this scene here. And so he, the Jews
0: from Asia see him stir the crowd up into a riot and into a frenzy, and they, they do level an accusation at him saying... A bunch. He, it's he, all
1: hearsay, too.
0: But. Yeah, but he's like, he even brought Greeks into the temple because right. they saw one of his Greek friends with him, but he didn't bring him into the temple. Yeah. He knew enough to not do that. Um, and so that this really gets everyone whipped up into a frenzy. They are just now trying to kill him. The
1: Well, it's worse than any other city because mm. the Roman authorities actually have to get involved. Yeah, they're like, what is happening? And I think it's because... The Asian Jews are there. They don't care so much about this city. Like, in their own city, they know what it means yes, if Rome yeah. starts to crack down. Yeah. But they're away. They're on a convention. Yeah. When guys are on a convention in another town, it's that's, like... That's a good point. They all act a little differently than they would at home. Mm-hmm. So they are beating and going crazy and all zealous and to the point where the tribune came up and arrested him and bound him with chains, and he was beaten. He's being beaten, and he's uh, attempted to be killed... And there's a verse, verse thirty-one, where it just says, "The whole city, it's just total confusion. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem is in confusion." Mm-hmm. The Roman soldiers then are going, "Who are you?"
0: Yeah, they ha- they actually have to like carry him out.
1: They want to know what of he's the done. Riot.
0: Yeah, and like they're starting to ask him, "Who are you?" He answers them in Greek, which starts to confuse them. Like, Wait a second. And Slows them down a little bit because they're like, "Wait, why do you know Greek?" And, and then uh, they're like. I thought you
1: were, like, from Egypt, and you were the guy that... A revolutionary from Egypt who was causing all sorts of problems, yeah. Yeah. And Paul's like, nope, that's not me. Can I talk to everybody?
0: Yeah, he's like, I'm actually a Jew from Tarsus, so... Yeah,
1: a citizen of no obscure city. Yeah. So I'm not some backwoods guy, okay? I beg you, permit me to speak. And so this is where... He has a a great speech and he starts doing it in the Hebrew language Mm -hmm. to the Jews in Jerusalem. Again, these are Jews from all over the place. Uh, Some of the the leaders who crucified Jesus are still in power, I imagine. Mm -hmm. They are. But they haven't had the success because, again, when you're at home, you need these people to re-vote you and Mm -hmm. support you. But when you're away, you can be way more um, out loud. So he says, look, he gives a story. I'm a Jew, born in Tarsus, uh, was brought up the city. And then he drops that I was educated at the feet of Gamaliel. Mm-hmm. Like the man, the man who was there when Jesus was crucified, who said, look, if this is from God, we're not going to stop it. If yes. it is, isn't, we'll stop it. Um, and then he drops, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, I was just as zealous. I, in fact, like he's identifying with the, the zealous spirit mm-hmm. of these guys. And you know, most of these guys are Pharisees because they care a lot. hmm they're actually mad about it. Um, and he says, I was one. You can ask.
0: Mm-hmm. I have
1: letters to go. And then he gives the whole um, speech again about his, from Acts chapter nine, Paul's conversion yes. on the roads of Damascus. And so he tells it again how it happened. You know the story. Uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Again, in a weird turn of our Bible readings, what are the chances we read a story in the Old Testament about? eyes being opened, eyes being closed. And then we happen to be reading Saul telling about how his eyes were opened and closed closed and And then then opened. opened. Yeah. Isn't that weird? That's just weird. But I think it's the word of God (laughs) because it's just happening too often where the same type of things are happening. So he tells them all this. They all kind of don't have a problem until the very end, when he talks about Jesus saying, go accept my testimony there. I think they're even okay with that. It's, He says, look, I was holding your jackets when you stoned Stephen. I'm one of you. Mm -hmm. But this Jesus thing is real. Go, and I will send you far away to the Gentiles. As soon as he says he's sent to the Gentiles, the place is like no longer quiet. They're like, see, that's the problem. (laughs) And you just realize how deep... Like racism. It's, this Gentile thing is deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, I'm can't. i just beginning to understand. It's mm-hmm. like way deeper than I've ever imagined. This time reading the Bible, I'm realizing this is going to take a miracle of God to unite Jews and Gentiles. Yes. Like Paul and Peter, they are on the front. Paul is on the front lines of thought. I mean, he's like cutting edge. Right. The world is not catching up quickly. No. Nope. Um, and so for this... They want to beat him, and they start shouting. They're flinging dust in the air. They're doing everything, and um, they start to discipline him, and that's when.
0: Yeah, so the centurions are like, all right, uh, strap him down. We're going to flog him, and then this is where Paul finally drops. "Uh, Is it right for you to flog a (laughs) Roman citizen without first uh, having him go through a trial? Right. And the
1: centurion's like, wait, what? What do you mean? Wait. I paid. Do you know how much I paid for my citizenship? And then Paul's like, yeah, that's cool. I know it's a big cost. I was kind of born a citizen, which makes me special (laughs) and awesome and way better than some slave who paid for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. And so
0: now the Tribune's like, oh, no. Let's
1: (laughs) check in with our commanders.
0: Yes. And uh, so apparently, though, he's brought down in front of the chief priests and council. And so they're going to, uh,
1: cause they're trying to like, figure it interview out. him. It's the same problem they had with Jesus. Yeah. And they always have because they're occupied yes. by the Rome. And so ultimately Rome has the power. but Rome's like, we don't care about your little stupid right. squabbles. Right. This is our genius. We let you mm-hmm. figure that out. Well, he goes before Ananias and Paul's like, uh, I've done nothing wrong.
0: And then Ananias, in a weird, very uh, deja vu event, smacks Paul in the mouth like he did Jesus. Yeah. And was like, who are you to speak to uh, a man like me?
1: Well, Paul is not Jesus. Yeah. And just goes crazy. (laughs) He's like, God is going to strike you, you whitewashed wall, like you (laughs) fake. Are you sitting to judge me according to law? And yet, contrary to the law, you order me to be struck? Like, Paul is not yes. as secure as Jesus Christ <laughs> to be able to just to take it and go, I can see the realities. Mm-hmm. And then they said, ooh, you hit the high priest. He's like, I'm sorry. And then Paul immediately apologizes mm-hmm. and is kind of repentant. I'm sorry. I didn't know he's the high priest. And then he quotes their law to show that he respects their law.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Look, I won't speak evil of the ruler of your people. Okay. now, uh, Now, throughout this, Paul perceived... So this is going down. Paul, this is this is a step backwards for Paul. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh no, I'm losing control here. Yeah. So take a deep breath. He notices whew, Sadducees, Pharisees. Perfect. I am a Pharisee of Pharisee. Yes. And I know the difference. Pharisees believe in the resurrection. They believe in angels. They believe in the yes. spirit of God. Sadducees are purely physical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There is none of that. And so he just pokes at the one place oh, that it's sets so everybody brilliant. like. It's like if you're at a family reunion and it's like, don't bring up the car because there was some car given or something. And then you just go, things are starting to get weird about you. People are starting to bug you. Yeah, Adam, what's your problem? I'm like, so what was the real story with that car? And they're all like, you said you gave it to me. I didn't give it to you, you were supposed to pay me. And you just sit back and it's off of you. Paul does this beautifully. He's like, hey, I'm a Pharisee. I believe in the resurrection.
0: And that's actually why I'm on trial.
1: Yep, he re shifts the whole fight. I'm on trial because I believe in the resurrection. I believe that the angel of God, that the spirit of God could lead me and promise me everlasting. I'm telling you the way to that. And the Pharisees see a political opportunity to go, hey, maybe we can overwhelm the Sadducees here. And so they're like, yeah, he's with us. Yes. It's like a beautiful, and the Sadducees flip. Yeah, they flip because that's the kind of state of mind they're in.
0: Also, the Pharisees are in the minority at this point.
1: So they see a chance to get majority, yes, and they go, oh, let's play this game, and mm-hmm. so they flip, and then um,
0: <laughs> the dissension the became violent, and the tr- the Tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces, commanded the soldiers to go down, take him away from among them by force, and bring him into the barracks. Yeah. So the soldiers like have to storm into this council meeting, grab Paul, carry him back out, and lock him away. And
1: we end. Uh, it, it is interesting because. Um, the Pharisees do have a moment of like, what if a spirit or angel spoke to him? Mm -hmm. Like, we have to allow for this. He's right. Yeah. They don't agree with him, but they see it as a political move. Then while Paul is locked up that following night, again, he gets to hear from the Lord. The Lord stood to him by him and said, take courage for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. And again, it's like, Paul is specially equipped for this mission. Yes. Who else would get uh, such a, audience Uh in Jerusalem at Pentecost. Right. Who else is going to be able to be sent to Rome and get an audience but this person that God has called and saved, and uh, it's pretty great. Mm -hmm. So that is our New Testament today. The gospel is going out to the whole world. It's happening, and it's happening at a great cost. And it makes me think, you and me, we're just little Gentile kids 2,000 years later, like, we're, we must be really valuable to God. This is a big cost for Paul and his apostles to make sure you and me, Get 2,000 this. years later, can understand the reality of Jesus. Well, yeah. thanks, God.
0: Today I'm going to read Psalm 79. Oh God, the nations have come into your inheritance, they have defiled your holy temple, they have laid Jerusalem in ruins. They have given the bodies of your servants to the birds of the heavens for food, the flesh of your faithful to the beasts of the earth. They have poured out their blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there was no one to bury them. We have become a taunt to our neighbors, mocked and derided by all those around us. How long, O Lord, will you be angry? Will you be angry forever? Will your jealousy burn like fire? pour out your anger on the nations that do not know you on the kingdoms that do not call upon your name for they have devoured jacob and laid waste to his habitation do not remember against us our former iniquities let your compassion come speedily to meet us for we are brought very low help us O god of our salvation for the glory of your name deliver us and atone for our sins for your name's sake Why should the nations say, where is their God? Let the avenging of the outpoured blood of your servants be known among the nations before our eyes. Let the groans of the prisoners come before you, according to your great power, preserve those doomed to die. Return sevenfold into the lap of our neighbors, the taunts with which they have taunted you, O Lord. But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever, from generation to generation.
1: We will recount your praise. Boom! You've just been fed by ravens. Go in peace and serve the Lord. We will talk to you next time.